Okay, great. It has been a while from um, I've had the amazing privilege to teach in church. Circumstances have meant a busy few years. Um, but as I, as I prepared, um, I had this wonderful sense of the wonderful privilege it is to share God's word with my family in church. Um, and it definitely felt like coming home. Um, and the, the wonderful privilege to be able to do that. Now, in saying that, life brings us a lot of decisions, doesn't it? A lot of difficult decisions, sometimes very painful decisions. Um, you know, sometimes around things like, I don't know, popcorn? Who's salty? Yuck! Who's sweet? Yes, most definitely. But then just the mess with your head when you've sorted out that decision and that choice. <laughs> Manufacturers pull that on you, don't they? Or what about Saturday Night TV? What camp does your house sit in? X Factor versus Strictly. Maybe you're an either kind of person in that case. I feel sorry for your Saturday nights because you have to have a bit of brainless TV to watch in this busy world. There's lots of choices. But the choices that I want to kind of take you on a learning journey this morning are around where we choose to put our focus or where we choose to put our attention. Now, this first picture you can choose to focus on the duck many people see the duck or you can choose to focus on the rabbit and if you can't see either oh dear but what you choose to focus on is what you will see yes will we try another one just to reassure you in case you can't see both of those things next one you can choose to focus on the word good Or you can choose to focus on the word cool. Can you see both of those? Evil? Oh, you see another one. I see cool. Listen, I'm the one with the mic. I'm the one that's right. And that's what I want to kind of focus on this morning. Where do we draw and keep our attention and focus? And I think we've all experienced that life at times can be pretty hard. Sometimes it can be painful. And everybody has troubles, don't they? We all do. It's part of life. And everybody's trouble is equally as significant because it's trouble to them. So it doesn't matter what it looks like outside. Um... But the picture that I always draw back to is those troubles were not the original plan, which is wonderful. Because you see, when the Father created you in all your perfection, and he took the time to get down on his knees and create you and mold you, that wasn't his initial plan. Those troubles, those things that we face weren't what he'd originally planned. Because you see, you're his most treasured possession. So am I. But it's a result of that broken world, and we all know the story where that happened, and I 
when I look at that story, I always nearly begin to cry because I think the father was really brokenhearted when that happened in that Garden of Eden and that distance between his treasure possession and him happened and all of that difficulty in life came with it. But let me draw you back to focus because I believe where we choose to put our focus is really important in our journey with Jesus and in the things that we do in life. Because where we choose to focus on, where we choose to concentrate our attentions, can change how we feel, how we react, what we say, and how we actually journey life. And we have a few choices as a follower of Jesus, don't we? We can choose the focus that he directs us to, and it becomes a force to take us through those challenges. But that can sometimes be hard, can it? And sometimes there's another force that we focus on in the circumstances that we're going through. And they can sometimes be a different kind of holding back force. But what I want to do today is, sorry, that's just the introduction. <laughs> what I want to do today is take you on a wonderful story of one of my heroes in the Bible. And anybody who's heard me speak quite a few times will have heard me talk about this wonderful lady. And her name's Mary. It's Christmas. We get to talk about her. She was an ordinary, simple, peasant, Jewish, young girl. And we meet her in the Gospel of Luke and Matthew, where we hear and her story begins as she um, becomes the mother of Jesus. And the thing about Mary was she betrothed to this man called Joseph. And just to set a bit of context for you in that, in those times, Mary had probably only met Joseph, if she'd even met him, a handful of times. She wouldn't have really known him. She'd have been quite young in this story. She'd been in her teenage years, the theologians uh, would say. Um, so she didn't really know Joseph. She hadn't gone on a date Dionys with him. Her father had chosen him. Uh, it was very much uh, all sort of put in plan and put in place for her. And that was the culture. And when it talks about her being betrothed, she was going through like a period, probably what we'd call of engagement, but a very, you know, a very strong contract. This was going to happen. There was no calling the wedding off, you know, um, on her part uh, just before it. So she was in that time of waiting where she would go to Joseph's house and become, her, uh, become his wife. And then one night, her life dramatically changed. And she was told something that could have been, and I sure was, quite terrifying. And we find that story, I'm going to begin in Luke chapter 1, verse 30 to 33, and it should come up on the screen behind me. And the angel said, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Now let me set the scene for you because I've told you that that's some terrifying news. But actually, it's really quite a positive, you know, it's an amazing story of the angel telling Mary. But just to take you back to that context, this was a young girl who was betrothed to be married. In a culture where children were very strictly for marriage. 
where your lineage and your heritage of who you were as a child was really, really important. You'll know that if you try to read some of the, from the, the, verse, the books in the Bible. I don't know if you've ever got through all of them, the lineage and this and this and this, but lineage was really important. And if you look at the context of those times, sometimes women would either be sent away from their town, they would be disowned, they would be left to fend for themselves. They certainly wouldn't get a new husband. And many of them might have went to prostitution. Um, some of them would have been sold into slavery. So actually, for this young teenager, ordinary girl, it was actually quite a terrifying time. And at that point, I would like to propose that Mary had a choice. And I know people, we talk about her choice of yes, and, and no, but that's not what I want to focus on. I want to choose where Mary put her focus. Did she choose to look on those circumstances, which were pretty frightening? Or did she choose to focus and look on something else? And if you read on in Luke 1, there is a wonderful passage that is called Mary's Song. Now, I'm not sure whether you're familiar with it. I, I love it. And I'm just going to take the time to read. It begins in verse 46 in Luke 1. And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in, my, in God, my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things. He has sent the rich away empty. He has helped the servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. And I guess my question again is where was Mary's focus? And that passage is beautiful because Mary's focus was her strength because she focused on who God was to her. God was her saviour. She focused on the surety of his promises to her. She focused on the point that God knew her. He knew how to approach her. He knew exactly what the angels should say to her. He knew her deeply. And that's where her focus was. And next, her focus was on what God had done. And I love when I sit and think about that and sit and think about all of the times that she would have sat around tables with food um, and shared stories of what God had done before her times, many, many years before she was born. Stories of how the children of Israel were rescued from slavery. Stories of how God fed them when they were lost in the wilderness. Stories of how many, many people in the Bible overcame their enemies because God intervened. Wonderful, wonderful stories, full of hope and full of the promises of God, and that's where her focus was. I'm not saying it would have been easy for Mary to choose that focus, but she did. And for me, that tells me that it's possible. Because Mary was simple. Mary was an ordinary person just like me. 
But when she trusted on the Holy Spirit to show her where to put her focus, and when she let him help her to put her focus there, it changed the whole direction of where she was going. Let me keep you on the story, and let me show you a picture here. Now, anybody ever delivered a baby in that atmosphere? And the anticipation of your first baby is wonderful. You know, you pick the hospital, you anticipate the room you're going to go into. But in reality, this is where Mary was. And of course, the verses will come up um, on the screen. And Mary gave birth to Jesus in this grotty, damp, cold stable. So I'm not, you know, not going to focus on, focus on the story tonight. But again, Mary was probably very scared, wasn't she? I'd be a bit disappointed if I racked up to the RVH and ended up in a room like that in anticipation. And she had another choice. Oh my goodness, this isn't really a brilliant situation. I'm a bit disappointed. I've had to travel on a donkey. There was a lot happened that. She was really heavily pregnant. But where did Mary put her focus? Again, she had a choice. Am I going to focus on this dark, dreary atmosphere that I'm in? Or am I going to focus on what God did that night when he led all of these shepherds to come and worship this little baby where there was no plan of nobody, there was no starry night, you know, or cards that went out two weeks before where Jesus was going to be born. Yet God gathered all of these people, very important people like the Magi, and brought all of these wonderful gifts to that one little stable. And what did Mary do? Well, Luke tells us Mary did this. Mary treasured up all of these things in her heart. Despite the situation, she took all of the wonderful things that she's seen God do for her little baby, and she focused on them. And I can just see her sitting in amazement of all of these people coming and worshiping her little baby. And I kind of always felt at this stage, you know, how does that transcend to our lives with us? And I, I guess, um, with your permission, I'm going to share a little bit of a story of how something like this happened within our family. And I hope I don't embarrass my son sitting in the front row. I won't, I promise, I won't, I won't. But this thing of seeing what God is doing and remembering how he's brought us through so many situations and the strength that that can give us in those in challenges that we face is so important. So I'll take you on a, a little story of my firstborn um, son. And uh, <laughs> it starts way back uh, in um, 19 years ago when uh, our pastor at that time came to us. And uh, I always, I will never forget his nervousness in his face. Never forget his nervousness in his face. And he hemmed and he had and he said, mm, mm, um, he used to be married a while now. I went, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I said, sort of said, mm, you thinking about a family? And I looked at Stephen, he looked at me and didn't say anything. Um, I went, oh, sometime. And we kind of closed the conversation down. And the reason we closed the conversation down was I was nine weeks pregnant with Nathan. And uh, we hadn't told our parents, we hadn't told anybody. And we went home and we sat down and chatted about it and we thought, we think we stopped a word of God coming to us there because of the circumstances. So 
we were, you know, very loving to our pastor, and we rang him up and said, listen, we think we stopped a conversation there, you know, we want to be honest and open with you, and tell you, yes, I'm expecting a baby. And you could hear the relief down the phone. <laughs> and you thought, oh, I haven't got it so wrong. And he said to us, I have this message from God for you. And it's about a baby. And God says he is in the center. I went, oh, that's great. It's great to know. You know, that was really comforting to me as a, as a new mom to be. It was really comforting thinking going forward. And we progress, and Nathan, and I thought it was rather strange along those nine months, but everybody I seemed to meet said, oh, you're pregnant, the bumps are, can I pray for the baby? Can I pray for the baby? And we had people from Ethiopia, and if you've ever been prayed for by a bunch of Ethiopians, it's an experience not to be missed. You know, you stand in the middle of them. Hazel and Michael, remember them coming over, yes? And you stand in the middle, and the, the prayer is immense. And one of them approached me and said, can we pray for the baby? And I said, yeah, sure. And about 20 of them came and prayed for the baby. And that went on for those nine months. And I thought that was just what happened in church family. I thought, isn't this great? You know, everybody prays for your unborn baby, which it does happen. But there was a considerable amount of it in this stage. So the big event came and we went in to have um, for Nathan's arrival. And things didn't go to plan. Um, and uh, went a bit awry, and anyway, as a result, it turned up this little black baby was born. I don't mean, sorry, scrap that. <laughs> For the nurses and the midwives will know what I mean. The blood flow. <laughs> he wasn't blue. If it had been blue, I'd have been happy enough. He was a deeper shade of blue. Let's put it like that. He was almost black. Um, but he was very ill. It was an emergency delivery. He ended up in intensive care um, for quite a few days um, and his organs and stuff went in a shutdown. And I can remember coming back to the ward and thinking, and, and Steve turning to me and going, why are you so calm? Why is it? I went, do you know what? God has prepared this way for me. At that stage, I didn't know what was going to happen. I hadn't, I hadn't a clue what was going to happen. But God had prepared the way for me. And I focused on what he had said to me, what he'd done for me, what he'd showed me. And that was my focus. And that changed how I journeyed that situation. And that is one story in millions. Lots of you could stand here and talk about the things that God has done for you and remember his goodness, and his hand, and his preparation. Now, there are loads of other stories that we could go through of Mary's challenges. Um, and they're, um, you know, they go from seeing her son rejected in his hometown in Nazareth. But I want to jump to the story of the cross very briefly, and I'm not, I'm not going to stay here um, too long. But John tells us very clearly this wonderful baby was born, and he had this journey and this mission from his father, and this is where it would lead to. And John tells us very clearly that Mary was at the cross. And I'm sure her pain was insurmountable. I'm sure the cries in her heart of the injustice of her child going through that pain was 
Hvorfor? I'm sure she felt hopeless. I'm sure she felt that she couldn't do anything to help him or ease it. And I'm sure she was deeply engulfed by fear and despair. But the story is not there. And I was so drawn to the foundations that God had invested in this amazing lady called Mary. The ability to give her the choice to choose to focus on what God had done. To not get stuck in the pain and stuck in the despair of a situation, but instead to see where God goes beyond all of those circumstances. It's truly amazing. Regardless of what the earthly things say and the hopelessness. And I found myself drawn back to an interaction that Mary had when she came to present her little baby at the temple. I don't know whether you you're aware of the story, but um, whenever a Jewish baby came at a certain age, the parents have to present them to the temple. Um, it's part of Jewish culture, religious culture. And that day when she went to present this little baby, she met a man called Simeon. And Simeon, the Bible describes him as a very righteous um, and a very devout man. And the Bible specifically says that he was filled with the Spirit. And God had made a promise to Simeon. And the promise was that he wouldn't die before he seen the Lord Jesus Christ, or the Lord's Christ, it says in the Bible. These are the words that he said when he took Jesus into his arms. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for the revelation of the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. In all of Mary's challenges in life, I really believe at that point in the cross that they all, when she's seen her son, that they all came flooding back. That God reminded her that this is his plan to connect with his precious creation, which is you and me again, which is wonderful. All of the things that she's seen God do in her son's life, all of the times that God's promises came through in her life, were where our focus was. And you know what's wonderful is you go on to hear of Mary's story, and she's mentioned in Acts at the beginning of the church. She was there to see this master plan come into fruition. She was there to see how God's most treasured possession could once again enter into his presence without any preconditions, freely and wholly. Um, and I, I just wonder, is there something to be learned in it? I don't think it was easy for Mary to draw her focus on that. But she did it. Which means that we can. And in all those scary, painful challenges that we have, I suppose I question myself, where does my focus go? And many times, many, many times, my focus goes to the circumstances
that are sometimes not very encouraging. But many times my focus goes to God's presence and God's promises and what God has done for me and the surety that I know that he loves me and the surety that I know that he knows me. And I think in this crazy world today, Christmas is such a precious time to be able to stop and say, where's my focus? To be able to stop and take a pen and paper even, or sorry, modern technology, maybe I should say an iPad, and write down what God has done for you this year. Write down the stories that you've heard in our town, the stories of 62 ha- or 65 hampers going to families who can't put any treats on the table today that you've been part of, the stories of the cat families who have been debt-free, all of that. So Christmas, I'm saying, is a time of a good news story. And our focus on that good news is so liberating and freeing. And here's the other thing as well. It's good news for you, but it's good news for all the people who don't know about it yet. And that's our challenge at Christmas. It's such a wonderful time to remind people of who God is, of what he's done, of what he can do, of what he is to you, of telling your story.